Gary here for Daddy Day. You know what? Us dads don't really need anything for our birthday. You want to know why? We just need you not to be a smartass. Comedian, improviser, and one half of Bucko Comedy, Aaron Murky, shoots on Waverly Heights, Winnipeg. What's this Manitoba Money Shot Podcast with me, Ronald George Moore. It's one, one goddamn minute goddamn with Granola Brown. Minute. Now, here's me, Granola Brown. What, no applause? All right, jokes, monologue. Uh, the Santa Claus Day Parade, there's your joke. That's pathetic. The only kids that are downtown these days are the ones that are raiding the liquor marts. And they're not going to be too concerned about getting coal in their stockings when they're plastered out of their faces. Okay, my first guest is my next door neighbor. He has a YouTube channel and uh, say hello to Brad. Jim. I mean, Jim. Good to be here, Granola. Okay, show the clip. Show the clip of your new video. I'm playing on my phone. It's just me hitting my thumb with a hammer. What, that's it? All right, get the hell out of here, Brad. Jim. No, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Go back next door. Don't push me. Okay, flush of the day. Don Cherry. Goodbye. All right, our musical guest is a guy found outside Starbucks. Uh, his name is Moonbeam. Thank you for having me. Play, play the thing. That's the show. One goddamn minute. Take 47. Hey, hi. How are you? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Manitoba Money Shop podcast with me, Ron George Moore. Hope you're having a good day. I'm certainly having a great day because I am dropping an episode with Aaron Murky, the funny man, Aaron Murky. Uh, so many credits, so many things he's done. The Winnipeg Comedy Festival. He's in Bucko with his wife, Lauren Cochran, and they are hilarious. Go check out Bucko Comedy on YouTube. He acts. He's uh, got a new short film at the Austin Film Festival called Lughead. You can check the trailer out at lugheadmovie.com. Look Looks pretty cool. Um, also, he's starting this uh, new thing called a Merc Shop. The Merc Shop. Well, he talks about it during the show. Uh, Pants on Fire is a comedy game show. He'll be appearing at Thursday, November 28th at XQ's. And that's brought to you by The Proper Room, hosted by Robin Slade. Look, Aaron Murky can do it all. He can write. He can do makeup. He can make videos. He can direct, produce, teach. He's amazing. And you'll find out soon enough. Check out the show on Twitter, on Stitcher, on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube. Here we come. Ridiculous. The one and only Aaron Murky. I'm so glad you came, man. I was Thank very you. excited that you, you that you said yes and you would come over. I haven't Absolutely. seen you in a long time. Long time. Yeah. And uh, last was, time was at the cavern, I think. Like, when was that? Like a year over a year ago. On an open mic. Uh, yeah, I was an open mic. I decided to go up. I was usually go up now when I'm a little bit angry. So I was like angry. So I went up. So. <laughs> you got to get that rage out, you know? Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's what's happening way. right now. At the yeah, cavern. I just a lot like, of rage at the cavern back in those days. Oh, the cavern used like not that the cavern's horrible now. The Manitoba Money Shot podcast listener Mike Green has pointed out that the previous sentence Aaron said may imply that comedy at the cavern is still running. As an open mic, it is not running anymore. Just wanted to clear that up. Back to Aaron. Cavern was the best. It was the best room in the city. It was. Because it was like, you had to perform. And if you didn't perform, the audience was like, beat it. (laughs) And if you did, you rocked it, right? Like, it was like the one place where it was like, yep or no. And the other places were like, either a dud or like pumped up, like like rumors, like doing rumors at Seven Spot at Rumors was like... A nice, polite crowd at Rumors. Well, yeah, you know? it was like butter. It was like it was like cutting butter. So easy. Aaron, I'm gonna. We're basically the idea is we're gonna go back Kay. to uh, you belong and uh, back to reality. Uh, where were you born? Winnipeg. You were born in Winnipeg. Yeah. What part? What do you mean, uh, Victoria like, Hospital? Yeah, yeah, but what part of the city? So Portsmouth. South. South. Like, no, I I was uh, I grew up and raised in uh, Waverly Heights. Which is south end of the city, and that would have been new development back then. Yeah, yeah, we were kind of the edge of the city, the south end of the city. There was nothing past us, right. like there was like Richmond West, but like nothing yeah. on Pembina on right. the west side. We were the last of the west side. I went to like Chancellor Leach and then Massey were my schools. Chancellor right. Elementary. When did you decide that you wanted to act? 
I'm assuming it was oh, acting man. before comedy. I was dyslexic. My my mom and dad, I was having troubles in schools. So I was hanging out with some rough kids and just causing shit and being not, not mm-hmm. a troublemaker. Like I was a good kid, but I was hanging out with kids that were bad. Like, so I wanted to like be bad, but I didn't want to be bad. I just wanted to be funny. I was a class clown. I had glasses in grade two. So that was like, okay, that if helps. I'm standing out, yeah. I got to stand out. Like I can't just like. Weeping. I was very what kind quiet of class up until things then. would you do that that would you know people call you a class clown and you got to be like oh, I was big into making faces I was good at faces behind the teachers back and shit yeah I would draw the teachers I used art a lot I remember I like to fake people out I remember I like went home and put like some of my mom's makeup on my face to make it look like I had a bruise but it was shiny and shit <laughs> like, and then I remember I took like. A paper clip and made it like a uh, fake retainer. Yeah. And I played this whole thing. It's like, I have a retainer, just leave me alone. And people were <laughs> like, this one girl's like, yeah, don't make fun of him. He has a retainer. And I never, <laughs> I didn't have it again. Like, it was just a paper clip I put in my mouth at the front of my teeth. So you're doing the sketch characters, basically. Yeah, I was just doing the, characters, but didn't age. know. It's just cool. faking people out. Right, it's right. It's weird. And there was, uh, this was a time when they didn't have like improv classes in Not, the schools. Nothing. Right? Nothing. Uh, what, were you involved in the, in the uh, school plays? Yeah, well, in there was a talent comp like not a competition, but a talent thing at the school in grade six. And so my parents put me back. My mom fought for me. My mom and dad fought for me to get put back in grade four. Like, so they went to the teachers and said, he needs to be put back. I'm a December baby. So they're like, no, he's a December baby. Instead of being the youngest, he'll be the oldest. Yeah. Okay. So like they, they forced me to go back. My, we just talked about this yesterday with my mom and I was like, I was just asking her why. And she's like, yeah, you weren't like, you weren't at the same speed and you weren't getting it and you're hanging out with shitty kids. And she was like, well, we just needed to change it up for you. Cause it's like, if you're not doing it, why would like, it's like swimming. She said, how we explained it was if. If you don't can't do the requirements of swimming, you would drown. So why would you go further in the swimming courses? And right. I was like, that's how she said she explained it to me. I don't recall this conversation. I recall a teacher coming up to me going, yeah, you're staying back in grade four. Did and it bother I, you at all? Like you were in the same school. The kids all knew that you were doing grade four again. Was there any kind of stigma with that? I mean, that only for myself. I mm-hmm. think it taught me a lot about resilience mm-hmm. and like getting back up and take and like I'm already a failure. But I was also a fun, jovial kid. Like, I was happy. I yeah. was a happy kid. You didn't kid. sweat it, really. No. Okay. Like, I was like, but it hurt. Like, it sucked. Yeah. But, like, I made some of the best friends after that in grade four. I had two friends named Ryan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Murray and Ryan Riddell. <clears throat> and one was a skater and one was a really smart kid. So I was hanging out with better kids already. Right. Yeah. And they liked comedy. And I remember going to see, like, uh, Spaceballs. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Classic. loving that and drawing a bunch mm-hmm. of pictures around that. Mm-hmm. And then, so in grade four, my parents were like, you need to get a job. What? And, yeah. In grade four? Grade four. Because my what? parents were like, you're, you're spending too much time. I loved hockey. And I was like, they were like. You love playing hockey. I like playing hockey. But mm-hmm. I was too rough. Like, I was not rough, but I was like, I was starting not to like hockey as much. So they're like, okay, well, you can't not do anything. Right. You got to do something. Yeah. So you got to get Whether a job. Like a paper lessons, route. Yeah, yeah, you got to do something. Paper route. Did you do the sun? No, so this is, I got a choice. Either you do a paper route or there's this choir that is auditioning people and you get paid. So it was the All Saints Boys Choir, which is down across from the parliament grounds, um, the legislative building. Mm -hmm. Um, And I sang there and I sang there on Tuesdays, Thursdays and Sundays. So I was singing four times a day so I could sing. And so like I got put in this choir and I was doing really well. And then when grade six rolled around, then there was a talent competition. The teachers had no clue that I could sing. Like, none of them knew. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I think I'd like to sing The Rose. <laughs> I got the Why rose? the fucking Rose? I think it was just easy. The Rose by Bette Midler. After that, the special attention I got was, like, blue doors on everything else. Like, I did art really well. Like, I was in, like, I got put into the gifted and talented art section. But mm-hmm. when I sang... Doors open for me. Like You're teachers, lo- me. yeah, wow. teachers loved me. So they were like, "Oh, he's so nice. He's so sweet. He's saying the the rose, right?" Because mm-hmm. I had a high, it was a high pitched voice. We sang soprano alto, like yeah. we're soprano, not right. even alto. Um, and so, also up to this point, you, as you said, you you were running with kind of a bad crowd or bad right. kids, and you're, you're flipping right. your all whole of a sudden. They're like, "Oh my god!" And this is grade six. So then, so that was good. And then after that, I was always in choir. Um, and then when I went to high school, like at Massey. My sisters both were ahead of me, and my sisters were like, or Jocelyn, my middle sister, she was like, you should do the, the uh, 
the musical. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I'll do the musical. She's like, do you remember a, the musical? Oh yeah, it was West Side Story. So I was like, okay. So there was auditions for the musical, and I thought I was just auditioning for like chorus. Like I was like, yeah, you just do chorus, and you'll go to all the parties and have fun and meet right. people yeah. and have a good time. And I did like I was a nerd in junior high. Like I did the jazz choir and like wear a bolo tie. I loved swing music before <laughs> swing music was cool, but I skateboarded. I do the audition, and I was an I didn't realize I was an audition for a part. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I rent. I went to Blockbuster, rented West Side Story. Yeah. I knew the song we had to sing, right? And I did a Brooklyn accent <laughs> right. for my audition. So the teacher was like, "Oh shit." Right, because I was like, because I memorized uh, it. I memorized it from so I because I'm a dyslexic. I don't like reading things mm-hmm. uh, like right away. So I went home. I watched that tape over and over, and I wrote out each lyric, yeah. line by line. Right. So I memorized it. So you weren't so, doing a, a Brooklyn accent as much as you were doing an impersonation of the character in the movie. In the movie, yeah. Right. Well, no, I was doing. We did accent. Me and my sisters always made fun of people. Me and Jocelyn always made fun of people. Like we have uncles like. We were doing this before it was like a thing, but it's like, you know, he says to me, he says, he goes, and we were just doing my uncle, right? And yeah. he's like, all right, yeah, shit, man, all right, hey, get on the skidoo, man, let's do it. Yeah, all right. It's, <laughs> right? So we were all, we always made fun of my uncle because he was this bunk dude, right? Like, he, <laughs> yeah, for he was sure. this fool that lived up, up north in like Pinawa, Seven Sisters <laughs> area that was like, all right, let's take her for a rip, guy. Yeah, he's a character. Um, so we would make fun of people. Like, to be brutally honest, we just make fun of people's accents and, like, try to put as many accents on. We loved it. So you I found it really easy. Thing it was easy. It was super easy. Yeah. Super easy to do. And, just and you got go the in. part? Yeah, I got cast as Arab. Um, no, no. Yeah, Arab, which is actually a very dramatic role. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like uh, after the big battle and the fight after Riff gets killed for all you musical nuts. <laughs> so you're involved in the theater program at school, too? Yeah. No, I didn't do drama. I literally didn't have, because I was doing band and I was doing choir, so I couldn't afford any more electives. Right, right, so right. So I would like sneak into art and I would do art mm-hmm. and I would sneak into drama and I would just sit, I would just, I would just miss math right. and science classes and I would just go into those and just fuck around. So then uh, when did the improv come into play? When did you, when did you hear about improv? improv, when improv did you... In grade 10, um, the, the CIGs, the Canadian Improv Games, the first few years, they had tapes that you could send in. Like on a, an audition tape? Like you'd have Yeah. To s- Basically, you get a suggestion from their book, and the class would have to... So we got divided into like a few teams, and we were like, I don't know, what is this improv thing? And none of us knew what it was. There was no structure to it, because the teacher was a musical theater teacher. She wasn't an improv teacher. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we had no clue. She just read out of a textbook and was like, this is how you do it. Right. And so we all auditioned, like, so, like, who is in that? So it was composed of everyone who she deemed quality in the school. So I remember Scott Cranwell. So you, you'll know Scott. Oh, yeah, for sure. So Scott Cranwell was on that tape. I'm trying to think. Ann Ross was on that tape, who's uh, married to Gums, Scott Montgomery. Okay, yeah, yeah um, for sure. These are all, like, old Winnipeg, school, Winnipeg old school cats. sketch. Uh, I think Kristen Sawatsky was on it. I can't remember, but we all just did this improv, like improvised sketch and taped it and sent it off. So it was a chance to go to Ottawa and compete and all this shit, but I don't think Manitoba was even there. So that's when I first introduced to it. Did you go? No. Literally, we put together a tape and it was never talked about again. Okay. It was literally, so that was my first introduction to improv. Just from that, you, you got more interested in improvisation? Kind of. So I went to University of Manitoba and Black I hated Hole. it. Yeah. Black I hate, Yeah, I saw, and I got to see like one of your expats, um, Sandy Joven Bevins and Sarah Constable and Matt Kippen do uh, a stage play, a sketch, uh, Pilk's Madhouse. And I was like, "That's what. That's awesome. I want to do that." And it really? was sketch, yeah. Really? And I want. I really idolized Sandy <laughs> at the time, and I was like, "I want to do that." And I went to university. I hated it. I quit. I did like a year and a half. Yeah. Hated it. Like it was. I hate school. I, I'm an autodidact. I love learning on my own. Like right. I'm, I learned so much pace, faster. Your own time. To... I learned so much faster if you're not talking at me. Right. Like, just show me how to do it and I'll do it. Like, I can learn re- things real quick. I think it's because of the dyslexia and the learning disabilities that I'm, like, a really quick learner. Yeah. But it has to be tactile. Um, 
So I got a job. My neighbor worked at a steel mill mm-hmm. in St. Boniface, and I just started working at this steel mill. In St. Boniface? Yeah, it was the West Steel. Near Archibald, I guess. Yeah, like up there. it was West Steel yeah. factory, so we made grain elevators and shit. Whoa. And so I was working there, and it's then... A slap in the face of reality of, <laughs> well, <laughs> you're not going to go to I school? I was like, it was good money. It was like $8 an hour, and mm-hmm. at the time, that was good money. Yeah. Right? So this is like 97... 9697. So then Margot, a school teacher that I had who taught me English, was now the drama teacher. And she had some improv things at lunch, but they were lame, and I would just go and disrupt and then leave. <laughs> like I would like goof around and I was like, this is too nerdy. I'm beating it. That's right. Skate um, out of there. Beat it. All right. I would just go around, goof around, and then leave right away. Um she loved me and she thought I was I she let me if do only things. I can get that boy right <laughs> under my wing. And then she was like, I was working in Stillman. She's like, okay, well, we're going to Chicago. Would you want a chaperone? And I was like, okay. And so I went down <clears throat> the year Mike Krajewski went with his group of kids, like mm-hmm. Bob Banks, Mike Krajewski, a bunch of others, Matt mm-hmm. Tamlin. Those are the people that are still involved in the community a little bit. Um, so they went down to Chicago as a class, and I went to chaperone with the student teacher and Margot. And so we're all down there, and we studied with a guy named Del Close and Sharna Helpern. Yeah, and, Del and, Close, of course, is one of the yeah, what, and godfathers. So she, that was a sale to me. Like, Margo was like, we're going to go study with the guy who taught Mike Myers. Yeah. And Bill Murray. And I was like, those two guys alone, like those two names, I was like, I'm there. Like, mm-hmm. I'm there. This is the one thing I needed because of fucking working in a steel mill sucked. Yeah. And so I went, and... Uh, would it have been uh, Improv Olympic Improv in Olympic, Chicago? Yeah. In Chicago? Yeah, Del we went to Improv is, Olympic. Is <clears throat> and Dell, after we did the class, Dell asked me if I wanted to study with them. Like, these are out of all the kids. He was like, would you like to come down and study? Wow. So I was like, shit, yeah. So so I got him to write my book, let this kid come to Chicago. Well, he, I was like, I need something to show my parents. And so he's like, let this kid come to Chicago, Dell, and then hope to see, and then say, Sharna wrote, see you soon. And so basically two months later, they, I asked Charna to find me a place to stay. She kind of found me a place yeah. with a guy named Bob Callahan who's still doing it, right. still working the, his mojo out in New York. And so I moved, two months later, I moved down to Chicago. Right. How long were you in Chicago? I lived there for two years. Two years? Mm-hmm. That would have been Illegal- illegally. Illegally. Yeah, 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 you got pretty lucky. Yeah, right? I did. Cause... Well, this is before 9 11, right? Like, this is like. This is 1997, 98, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's when I moved down to Chicago and then studied just improv like crazy. Mm-hmm. And were you only doing improv Olympic or were you, did you no, manage to get so, to Second City? Or? Um, moved down there and I was doing, I started at IO, of course, and I was interning. So uh, the classes were free. Mm-hmm. I just had to work. Amazing. Amazing. I just had to work. So I worked my ass off and like mm-hmm. learned another side of the business completely. Right. Like worked office. What job? Worked worked box office, worked bar back, worked like any job they had. Yeah. And I worked a lot. So you're making money there as well. Like you're interning? No real money, just interning. Right. So it would take two years to do it, which I did do the two years, but I I doubled. So after, so after level one, Mm -hmm. I did would do two and three together, and then I would do three and four together, and then I would do. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. So I would just double them, and so I was. I basically got. You're spending every day there, really. <laughs> every day at IO, every or Second City or Annoyance, mm-hmm. every day doing improv every day for seven days a week in some way. So like either rehearsal, like a, a lesson, like a, a workshop, yeah, or like getting up on your feet doing it. Right. Like I was 19 and I was running the jam illegally at IO. Yeah. With a guy named Philippe Rist, who ended up going crazy, but like while we were doing it. And he was like, he was 19, I was 19. Um, Yeah, and that's what we were doing. That's been a time of your life. Awesome. Like I went down with saxophone too because I wanted to play sax. Because I I went to school of music first at U of M and then I hated it because it was just full of nerds who were just like uppity dicks. Right. And then I was like, oh, that's not how I'd learn. So I went and I wanted to play at the blues clubs. And that's why, well, that was Did a big... Did you end up playing blues clubs? I played clubs? a little bit, not as much. Like, I went a few times and then I was like, like this comedy this thing is... just consumed me. Yeah. Because um, I was, when I first got there, because Bob Callahan's place wasn't ready yet, I was living with, like, 
a bunch of Irish dudes in a squat because I met them at, at a hostel. Mm-hmm. And so I was living in a squat where we had no hot water. We had light, no hot water. And we were just living there for free. Yeah. <laughs> and then we would have water fights because it was the middle of summer. And, like, they would get me gigs. I'd work on, like, they were connected, like, through Irish Connection. Wink, wink, <laughs> nudge, Irish nudge. mafia. Um, and so I'd bar back for their companies. And then I would work their moving company. And they would be like, you do the talking because you sound American. So I would do the talking. You got for, your Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> right. <laughs> so on. I would just fucking, like, I would, I would just talk to the people and, like, make sure that the move, we did the moving right and just give them the slip of paper and say bye. Mm-hmm. And then we'd go, just go and party, like, at the end of the day. And this, I'm a non-drinker, so I would yeah, also. Yeah, you've always been really a non-drinker. Yeah, I don't drink. Never got well, I do once in a while with my best friends. Yeah. Like, I'll go down to Vegas and ruin the place. You're not one to just. Keep keep pounding them back at a bar. Only only on those okay. I if I drink, I get drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the reason why I drink is to get drunk. That's okay. the only reason. Because right. I'm like, what? Why else would you? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like I don't need to take a buzz off. <clears throat> so I came home, uh, saved to up Winnipeg. A, to Winnipeg, saved yeah. up a bit of money, and then moved to Toronto because I was like, that's where Second City is. That's where I can get a job. Yeah. And you already sec- have an in. You, right. You, well, Second City Chicago still owed me classes because I did so much interning. So I was like. If I can, I transfer these to to Toronto and yeah. get free classes in Toronto. Right. And so they were like, "Yeah," which was one of the best moves I ever made because there was no long form in Toronto yet. So like, uh-huh. Winnipeg had long form before anyone in the country. Yeah. Like way before anyone in the country. Like right, right. Winnipeg was like a, the only place because of uh, Generation X, right? Like because of McIntyre Slade and like Rick Skeen. And like Reg Ski, like all of them were doing long form, right? right. They weren't, we weren't doing short form shit here. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was short form. There quite, was. There was. But, but not to the extent. There was both. We were opposite of Toronto compared to like everywhere else in the, in the country compared to where we are now. Right. Right. We were doing a lot more long form than we were short form. And was that your contribution to Toronto Second City? Would you No, I, like <laughs> they always say the first people just get the arrows in the back and it's absolutely fucking true. Right. Never be the first. You just see blood. Like it just <laughs> sucked. Like it was balls to go in and like their, their, their long form was tag out. Like it was just a tag out. There was yeah. no like because so Chicago long form is like like a one act play or like the Herald or an Armando. There's a whole bunch of formats or the Advante. Like there's so many different formats, the deconstruction. There's so many formats you can do. Variations of taking one suggestion basically and, doing and a running whole show. it for, yeah, an hour or whatever. Right. And making it have a beginning, middle and end. Right? right. That's your goal. Yeah. Have it loop around. Right. 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 And I the callbacks and, and running and do the run. Like Finding not very many people, not very many people in, even in Canada know how to do a run properly. Mm-hmm. Where it's callback after callback after callback after callback. And it's all like sandwiched together. Yeah. That's the one thing I want to teach at some point to someone. Um, who was teaching you in Toronto? Albert Howell. Albert Howell. Albert Howell, who Half was... Of the Devil's Advocates. Yeah, the Devil's Advocates. <laughs> I remember him, yeah. Yeah, so I got and there. And theater sports, wasn't he doing He did running, theater sports, yeah. It? So that's where I learned all Johnstonian shit. Because mm-hmm. John Stone, like... So I, when I was in Chicago, we were in Dell's last class. Dell died in 98, 99, 98, on his birthday. And when that, he died, I was like, that was the reason why I was there. I went out to L.A. for like two seconds to help a friend shoot a movie. Mm-hmm. And then I moved home and then to Toronto. Right. Like, because Dell died. There was like, Noah took over, but it took a while for that to all, like, I think it was, part of me wonders if it was a bad move to move from Chicago. Because the guys I started with, they got the keys to the city kind of after that happened. Did they? Really? Yeah. They kind of started like running, like... Just they got a name for themselves and started just fucking running, right? And they were they were the cats now, like they yeah. Were, they were and and they got the spotlight for a bit. But at the same time, I moved quicker up in Canada because no one knew the Herald, and so I was this young kid. I moved to Toronto and they they had auditions in. I can't remember. They had an audition when I first got there. I went. You mean for main stage or, or for Turco? For two, oh, for you two, never oh, went right. straight to main stage. Of course. There's only a few people that went to main stage right away. Right, um, and it was usually out of some weird deal <laughs> that they made. And also, you're, you're because of the classes too, right? You're in the classes, right? I'm and doing the then, classes. Yeah, then you audition. Then for tour. I audition. I found out about the the auditions. I didn't have one, mm-hmm. so I just showed up at Second City when they're having auditions, and and I basically went up to them and I, I'd like to crash the audition. 
And it's like, can I You're get kidding, a spot? Really? Yeah. yeah. The <laughs> first one I crashed it. And then they're like, oh, no, it's going to take a while. So they, they went there at 8 a.m. or yeah, 8 a.m. That's when they started. And I waited until 4.30 to get my crash slot till the end of the day. Yeah. And they finally gave me one. I went in and they're like, no, it's okay. And I didn't get it. I didn't book. Right. Which is fine. Whatever. And then April came around and they had a new, uh, a new artistic director and I had to crash the audition again, crashed it again. And, and they were looking for uh, more diversity for on stage. Right. Yeah. And so They're I. They're all uh, about the diversity. Absolutely. Abs- yeah. But even back You're then, in. like people say it's like this new thing. I was like, no, it's always been there. Like they always want people represented. They don't want just whitey running everything. Exactly. Like, they've always wanted to have different people's voices. But outside of that, I still booked. Like I still got on to the tour co. Mm-hmm. From that audition, so I was happy. I crashed twice, got on finally. <laughs> That's um, awesome. So I got on. I'm the tour co. I think Sandy was still in it. Lee Smart was just leaving, and Sandy was going up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember because Sandy was like my hero. And I remember going out. They're all like, "Yeah, come out to come out to lunch or come out to eat with us." And so I went out to eat, and I was like super excited because I'm <laughs> and I'm dorky, right? Like I'm like just from Chicago. I'm like 21. Yeah. 2021 at the time and I'm like I get there and I'm like this is awesome we're all friends right where this is great right like there's no there's no family right we're we all know this is good this is awesome and I was this kid that came from like got studied in Chicago for two years straight so that kind of gives you like six years in like improv years because you're doing it every day in and out and so you've learned really quickly Mm -hmm. and then you go there and then there's these guys that have been hustling their asses off who've just finally got there. And I didn't recognize this because I was dumb and naive. And I'm like, yeah, in Chicago, we do this. In Chicago, we do that. And like, I like to paint. Like, <laughs> And it's like, I'm all thinking like, we're all friends, right? And it's like, holy shit. Like, I remember I said, I said something. I was like, yeah, I, I wear my hat backwards because I'll like, when I'm painting, because I'll put paintbrushes in my hat mm-hmm. when I'm yeah. painting. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, you paint. And this is coming from my hero from, like, university. Right, Like, right. someone I was like, that guy's good. That mm-hmm. guy's awesome. And he just fucking, like, cut me down. Oh, And God. just shit on me. And then after that, I was like, well, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, you dick. Exactly. I'm like, oh, it's sad to meet your heroes sometimes. Right? It is. And so, at that point, I was like, I stepped back a bit. But I was still naive. I was still stupid. I still, like, I still... F- like, I had to fight for things because the language wasn't the same at the time because no one knew long form. So how long were you in doing the Turco? How long was I there? I was there for a year. And I was here until Paul Constable got brought up to oh main stage. Oh, my God. So the Canadian Tire guy. <laughs> the Canadian Tire guy, yeah. Once Paul. a Canadian, Canadian Tire guy made it to main stage, there's no point. There's no point. Why, why is that? Because why he was going to be there way? for fucking eight years. <laughs> Which he was. Yeah. It was the best move of my life, with slash the worst. You realize, I got to get out of here. I got to do this. my own thing, so I quit. Yeah. I go, I'll do, if you ask me, I'll come and do it. So I did it for like, I think I did it for a year and a half and nothing was going to move for me. Mm-hmm. And then, so I told them that I'd quit, but if they needed me, I'd come in. So they booked me for a while until they, until I left. I think I went to New York. You went to New York? Yeah. For improv as well? Yeah, I moved down. Upright Citizens Brigade. Well, I went down. I did a little bit at Upright Citizens Brigade. I started as an intern there. But I was an intern also at at, uh, the pit. Well, I wasn't an intern at the pit. I showed up at the pit. So I knew Upright Citizens Brigade was just moving. And I was like, sure, I'll clean... I'll help clean this new space. And no one would... I worked in social work before all this, so I was okay with human feces. And some (laughs) homeless guy was living in their basement... And they're like, there's human shit places. Like, I'll clean it up. And literally clean up the shit out of the UCB theater in the basement mm-hmm. uh, because I was okay with it, right? And so right. I did that, and I was an intern. And, and then they found out... <laughs> then they found out I was an intern at the pit, and they weren't okay with that. So the pit and the UCB went in the very beginnings of the pit were at head-to-head because uh, they thought the pit, Ali Farinaki and the owner of the pit, he was a, a owner with uh, Armando Diaz, and mm-hmm. then um, so they thought they called the fire code on them, and they got kicked out of their old space. So uh, they were at, the pit thought you, no, UCB thought the pit called the okay. fire on them, mm-hmm. and they were closed down for a long time. and Had to find a new space. So 
when they found out I was working at the pit, they're like, no more internship. You're a snitch. They <laughs> yeah. thought you, you can't were a do snitch. both. And they had a really nice conversation with me and were very polite about it. When you say they, do you, do you mean Alex? Like, a guy named Alex. A guy named Alex, not yeah. the original four. Uh, I met them a few times, but like they were already like so busy that they're like, Amy was already on SNL at the oh, time. Oh, she was? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Like I was at IO when just at uh, the very beginning, like Second City IO when. Horatio Sands was brought up. Right, right. And he was a guest on SNL. That's, so I was, when I went there, that's when he got brought up. Wow. Okay. So I was at his like goodbye party and shit and eating their free food. Let me ask you a question. When you were in New York, were you dabbling in stand-up at all or was that something I you just... I did at the very end. It was not successfully. Right. But I did at the very end. But you end. did get it. I got up a couple times. Yeah. A couple open mics there. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, so... After New York, you came back to Winnipeg, or was that Vancouver? Or Toronto. Vancouver's back to there? Toronto. Back to Toronto from New York? Yeah. And then um, I went to Winnipeg probably to, to refuel. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. I had a lot of money left. Cause, so I got a job at the pit. So I would show up every day at the pit, and I'd be like, do you need anything done around here? Because I knew they were a new theater, so I was like, I have an inn here, because there's mm-hmm. no one else here yet. Right. So I just started to like sweep up, build a sandwich board. And so at that time, I was like, do you want a job? I was like, sure. And they made me the house <laughs> manager of the pit. Wow. And so I got Did classes for free. Did they create a position for you? or they're just Kind like, of. They yeah. needed someone there for evening manager, for house manager. Mm-hmm. So I was there, and I ran, the, I ran the lighting board for them. So I ran for all the shows, like Miss Jackson and, like, Generation X. Saw some great shows, like some really good shows. Johnny Lunchpail. Some really good groups mm-hmm. out of there at the time. Yeah. And it was it was brand new, so like Armand and it was Armando Diaz's theater. Like that's Armando's theater. So I was like, the only reason I got in is because I roommated with Bob Cullen in Chicago, and Brian DeSmet, the man, the general manager of the pit, was like, oh, I'm good friends with Bob Cullen. Yeah, sure. Here, have a job. Jeez, it's all about who you know. Yeah, it's all absolutely. about who you know. That's so I did amazing. that, and then um, I was with my girlfriend at the time, Deb, and I think we. It was just it was getting hard. And you then, mean long distance relationship. No, no, she hard. lived with me. We lived. Oh, in, we both lived of you at, went to New York. Yeah, we lived at ninety first and Broadway. Paid nine hundred dollars a month. I made six hundred dollars a week at the pet illegally. Wow! So I had money. Like tax, I, I had tax money. Free. Yeah, man, tax free. <laughs> fucking, it was great. Wait, wait, what year was that? New York. 90, that was before. That was two thousand and three. Oh, that was after, after 9/11. 9/11. Okay. But they weren't looking for whitey. They were, right. <laughs> like they weren't. I was good. <laughs> they weren't looking for some white, blonde, blue-eyed kid. Yeah. Who was like, I do improv. Like they weren't looking for me mm-hmm. at all. But then, like, you came back to Winnipeg and you started your own improv. That's right. Company. Yeah. I came right? back. Yeah, and then I started False Idol Factory. False Idol Factory. Right. Yeah. Like idling. Like. Uh, right. Or no, it was idol. Like I D O L. Like mm-hmm. idol. False Idol Factory. Right. But then, like, uh, from Winnipeg, you're bouncing to Vancouver and back, or did you spend a good chunk there? No, then I went to Toronto. That's when I started doing oh, stand-up. That's when you got the gig of Much Music, where you're doing video, Much on music, trial. video on trial. And then had my own show for Hot Second. Tell me about that show. Uh, it was called Laugh Out Loud. Laugh L- Out Loud. L- LOL. Yeah. It's just when the term LOL came into existence. Now, was that something you auditioned for, or you pitched no, it? No, so I worked with Much Music. Mm-hmm. Um and so I'd been working there with Video on Trial, and the producer of Video on Trial, who created the show, really liked me. Was that, was that Trevor Boris? No, Trevor. Trevor eventually became a producer, but he wasn't the producer. Okay, but he was involved in that show, Video yeah, on Trial. Yeah, he was like the first. There was f- the first four people that I think did it. Yeah, and then I was the second stream of that. Okay, and the producer really liked me. He's like, I'm going to do a new show called uh, LOL. What do you want to do on it? And I was like, Do you want to? Do stand up? Do you want to host it? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want to do? It's like, oh, this is stupid. I'll host it. Right. Like, why would I want to like write new material constantly, and like when I can be the face of it? And it's like, can I do sketches and interstitials? And he's like, well, I didn't know what an interstitial was at the time. That's where I learned interstitial. I don't know what it is now. Interstitial is like the in between. <laughs> it's like the chunks of stuff in between to keep the audience fresh. A filler. Yeah, filler. It's like sketches. Okay. So I would just do sketches as interstitials. Right. So I was like, can I do that? Can I make my animations and put them up? Like, can I do that? And he's like, yeah, you for free sure. You free reign to do what you want. It's the Aaron Murphy yeah, show. Yeah, absolutely. It was my show. It was my sketch show. And then we had stand-ups talk about pop culture references, mm-hmm. like at the time. So I did that. Lauren, my current wife and uh, comedy partner, came and wrote on it with me. 
Um, Is that where you met her? I met her at an improv competition at the the Clinton uh, Clintons on Bluer. So there was a there was a cage match competition, and we won it. Like it was a like Kung Fu was the name of my troupe at the time. Sorry, what was it? Kung Fu. Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah. I remember that name for sure. Yeah, yeah Kung Fu. Kung Fu. And Lauren was part of a group called Lady Stash, um, who still exists as well. But mm-hmm. Kanye Few doesn't. Kanye Few became the man town, basically, eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lady Stash. And so we were the end rivals. And uh, I remember in, like introducing myself, and then I introduced myself over and over and over again to her. <laughs> <laughs> and she, which she hated, but I was like, you, I like you. And she is half of uh, your Bucko, Bucko which yeah. is your current sketch yeah. troupe Sketch thing. improv. Sketch improv YouTube channel yeah. thing. Yeah. So basically you pestered her until... <laughs> Yeah, but I don't think I needed to. Like, I was literally just broke up with uh, my ex, Deb. Like, Deb was just a hard person for me to live with just because we just kind of oil and vinegar. And Deb, or Lauren, gives me what I need, basically. Like, she knows me, she understands me, and she's a good writer, and she's fucking brilliant um, and subtle as... Like, that's why I liked her. I remember was that the attraction? I mean, there's a, you, you it was know, her telling a joke on stage. She she started doing a, a character on stage in the middle of the improv set, and uh, she started talking about spilling Orange Crush on her sister's sweater. And I was like, that detail was yeah. so fucking like tight. And I was like, four girls talking about being at a slumber party and like spilling. She spilt on her sister's like sweater. I was like, that's like it's so. So minutia, so tight, like so small, but so informative yeah. of like a scene. I was like, that's fucking brilliant. Awesome. I know everyone else is like, what? That's not, but I'm like, that's. It's just those little, it's little, those little details, details that make that shit stick real. in your mind. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's like when someone improv drinks and they're like, ah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's the, ah, at the end where it's like, they drank, yeah. they fucking drank anything to make it more believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so she's so talented. But just, just to get back to that, I love seeing an improv where an improviser, you know, you can see the space all around them because Absolutely. they totally Use show it. you everything in the room. Absolutely. And yeah. that's one thing that I think Lauren and I try to do is make, we try to do film on stage. Yeah. Right? Like, so you can see every, we try. I'm not saying we win every time, but we try. Right. Anyway. And I like to do like just a slow burn of character. It's more about character than it is about like finding the golden chalice and drinking the special potion. I'm like, I don't like the journey. I I like the slow, like the in depth. I'm a Coen brothers fan. You know what I mean? Like that's what I like to see. Okay. I want to see the character exposed. Right. Right. right? That's good. You know, slowly take the layers off. Yeah. The internal of the character to me is like what's awesome. So you start dating Lauren. We're dating. Yeah. We're doing, we're right. She's helping me write on uh, LOL. And the whole time you're auditioning for movies and you have an agent. Uh, I had an agent. I don't know if I was I was auditioning for commercials. For commercials, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I was auditioning for film. Um, but I was doing stand up. The reason why I got video on child stand up. Really? Yeah. Where were you doing it? Improv. Lap in, resort. Imp- no, we, I did the Rivoli. So I think so. I was lucky that I uh, I've been doing it for a while, and then all of a sudden, uh, Robin Williams and Lewis Black were shooting Man of the Year. Man of the Year. I yeah, remember that this one. is like 2006, probably 2005, and they're shooting that film. And all of a sudden, Robin Robin's gonna do a set, and I was like, "Oh shit, okay." And I'm up that night, so basically, a few comics went up. Then Robin went up at the Rivoli. At the Rivoli, wow, which is a small joint uh, on Queen Street. It's it's where Kids in the Hall started, though. That's that's where yeah. Kids in the Hall were. It's kind of like the Comedy Store of Toronto. Yeah, you know what I absolutely. mean. Absolutely. Like, yeah, Kids in the Hall. Yeah. And uh, do you ever watch Nirvana, the band, yeah. the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They turned that into they're an icon, to make it. iconic place. Um, so we're trying. We we're getting up there on a regular. Uh, and this would have been Mondays. Alt night? Yeah, it was alt night. Okay. No, yeah, it was alt night. Because it's not a, like a club club. It's just a fucking venue. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I get up on that show. Um, and then Robin, because he wanted to leave early, he opened for me. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. So I follow, I follow Robin Williams. Yeah. And then a few more comics go. And then Lewis Black. So I had a... F- Awesome audience, a hot audience. Yeah. Like hot. But how do you follow Robin Williams, you know? Oh, dude, it was easy. 
Really? It wasn't hard at all. He opened them up so much. Mm-hmm. Like, opened them up so much. Like, one of my best sets ever. It was great. <laughs> oh, that's great. It was great. And so in the audience was a guy named Ken Katigbeck, who was the producer of, of Video on Trial and LOL. Ah, and there you go. It all falls in place. Yeah. I get it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So then you, Lauren, decided to move back to Winnipeg? We moved. No, she moves to Calgary. I moved to Winnipeg. And we do long distance for like two years. Two years? Two oh my years. god, that's really hard. Yeah, and then we were gonna we moved to L.A. for like five months, and we did like studied acting. Yeah, in where LA. where did you study? Uh, a few places. Actors Boot Camp. I studied it with a guy named John Swanbeck. What, what's what's the famous one? I can't believe I'm forgetting it. Oh, I Will Ferrell went there. Oh, Groundlings. Groundlings. Yeah, I auditioned and got in. I just didn't. I was like, I know, I know, not that I, want I just to be, wanted to see if I could do it. I really, that's really what it was. I wanted to see if I could get in. And I was like, nah, I don't need any more like guru teaching any of that shit. Right. I just literally need to like, I just wanted to work my chops. Cause so I came back to Winnipeg within those two years. I think that was like 2007. I did a couple TV shows here. One called, um, house party, house that, party, yeah. house Matt party, Kippen, Matt uh, Kippen and, and Sarah and Constable wrote right. that. And then I also did another one called retail, which was just a pilot that never went anywhere, but it was shown on showcase. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that I moved to LA with Lauren for the five months and then studied like Meisner, like really like heady shit. Meisner mm-hmm. and a little bit of Chekhov. A lot more trying to get some auditions in there. I, we did. I auditioned for Matt TV the second round. Fuck off. Wild. Yeah, wild. N- no go, which is fine. Did you, did you check out the comedy store back then? When you oh, were yeah. There? I went there. I wow. went there one times. And then, <laughs> like, <laughs> a guy that I we knew, like, but, like, it, I, by that time, I was not, like, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't, like, nothing blew my mind anymore. Like, yeah, like at the time, so when I was in Toronto, I auditioned for SNL like tape audition the year that Sudeikis got it. Mm-hmm. But Sudeikis was like part of Chicago world. So I knew Sudeikis from years ago. We took a class together with Noah Gregopoulos in, in, at IO. Right. And so I knew like people I knew were starting to get famous. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, so it wasn't a big deal. Like Jack McBrayer was on, on like, um, 30 rock, 30 rock. Yeah. And he was doing those things. So those are people like I'm friends with were getting like hugely famous. So I was like, Nothing. It wasn't as much of a big deal anymore. It was more like, okay, how do I get to that next level? Right. Like, right I had an right. audition for SNL. I have an audition for Mad TV. Let's go. Right. So but, at this point, you're like, yeah, I just got to find those steps up to where right. to where they are. Yeah, hustle a bit. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, I'm just gonna rattle some stuff off. Sure. Okay. So then you have the Bucko Channel yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, one of your early earliest things that you guys did that I like uh, that I've been watching is uh, Megasis. You're jealous. Megasis was done. I wrote that. That was the first time Lauren came to visit me. Original when we were song. Living apart. Yeah. It was an original song, and I was like, I wrote something, and I was like, let's do it. That was the first thing we ever did together. We weren't even Bucko. We were nothing. Mm-hmm. But that's a show we're actually re-pitching. We're about. We want to re-go on that. That's as as an actual web series. Basically, Lauren and I are a couple that have kids, um, and I'm this like office worker that hates his job yeah. that ends up quitting his job in order to create a band, and then his basically his bandmate he he fires they he tries to fire him he's like no I I'm half of this band you can't fire me yeah so they take it to a vote and I was like well then I quit he quits. And then, so he has no band anymore, so then he convinces his wife to play drums in his band. <laughs> and so that's what Megasis is. It's just weekend warrior shit. Um, and that's what it's going to be. It's basically like White Stripes, but like that has a family. Right. And like convinces his wife to be the White Stripes, tries to be the White Stripes. It's an hysterical video. You get, oh, thanks, Please man. check that out. Like you'll, uh, you'll have to Google that. <laughs> Megasis. You're Megasis. jealous. Good You're song. You're jealous. Thanks, man. Uh, the Jets fan fur coat. <laughs> the fur coat 
Jets cat face popcorn sure. guy? Sure. Okay. What about it? That's what well, I'll be, that was a viral die, sensation. When I fucking die, that's what I'll be known for. I don't know, <laughs> man. I, I had a hard time finding it online. Did you? Yeah, I couldn't. Good. There's there a, there a couple. <laughs> it's the old. Uh, it was from when the news reported it. CBC right. still has it up there. I got sports clips of the month. You <laughs> name me a fucking comedian. <laughs> They got sports clip of the month. Sports. <laughs> okay, look at it. For those people who have not seen what we're talking about, is like in 2015, the uh, the Winnipeg so Jets had some sort of fan challenge. Well, Dancing. they tell you they tell you beforehand, so they come down. It's like, will you do the fan best fan? Yeah, I think it's like fan versus fan. Fan versus fan. Will you be a part of fan versus fan? Right. So I'm sitting there in this fur coat and cat makeup for no fucking reason other than to embarrass my brother-in-law. And because uh, they're playing the... Literally, it's because they're playing the Panthers. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to wear cat's makeup. Oh, I never even made that connection. No, I don't think anyone did. Yeah. And so that's why I wore it. And I was like... Because I wasn't... I wasn't... Like, I'm a Jets fan, obviously, but... I was like, whatever, let's let's make some crazy shit happen. So then, will you do fan versus fan? I was like, sure. And I think they thought that because they had this this kid in this like Jets like jersey and like the blow up kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about? That so sumo suits the blow up. Oh yeah, yeah. I so he was in that, and I think they thought I was gonna lose because I had like this cat face shit on. Exactly. So they put me versus this kid who's wearing this Jets thing, and um. I don't think they realized what they're doing. And so that one was being shown on TSN, I think. It was being shown nationally. Yeah. And so they came back from a commercial just in time to get me when I'm doing my second run. So they give you two options. And then my brother-in-law, they do it. You go twice, just so you know. Yeah. So you do the first one. And then you go, the fan, the other fan goes. Then you do another one. And then the other fan goes. Yeah. Either or. And so I was like, okay, so I got to save my, like... I gotta save, save my, the my butter. The, for the very end. So right. what they got was the very the second dance. So I got up and then I took popcorn and I fucking started throwing it. <laughs> the flinging it of the popcorn. And then the opened my shirt. Yeah. And like, it was it was insane. And then it blew up because someone put it on Vine. And oh, it blew yeah, up. Vine, right? Yeah. Someone put it on Vine and it blew Perfect up. Perfect timing, like yeah. six seconds of you dancing. Yeah, and it was everywhere for a full month. Like mm-hmm. that January was insane. And also, Ellen contacted me. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But didn't, you didn't end up going down there? No, I think I took the phone. Like I wasn't wowed by Ellen. Like mm-hmm. I was like, okay, sure, yeah. Like <laughs> my conversation was probably too like, yeah, great. I like Ellen. I really do like Ellen. I think she's fucking fabulous. It's the best talk show out there. Yeah. Like for daytime. But I'm like, I think I just took it too professionally. And she's like, well, she's not excited. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because if you yeah. think about her guests, they're all like, oh my God, Ellen, bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, nah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't, like, I'm like, I'm not a star fucker. So. <laughs> It's like, wow, you're famous. You can afford a limo. Right. Right? Um, you got 80 bucks. Let's do the money shot, man. Let's the do money the money shot. shot. The money shot. The Manto money shot is, of course, the time when I ask Aaron Murphy yeah. 100 questions within five minutes. And if you complete Kay. 100 questions within the five minutes, you will win the money shot. But, and there's a heavy but here, mm. 90% of these questions must be correct. Okay? What? Yeah. That's true. 90%. Meaning, you didn't tell me that it's on the phone. Well, that's I didn't know bullshit. if you'd come. I'm an improviser. Exactly. That's why they Make have everything to be correct. Up. But, you know, the thing is, they're easy questions. It's like your favorite this. How Are they approved? all the same How, always? Do you no, ask the same questions? they're changed all the time. I'm going to get Am them all wrong something? on purpose. Let's do this. Tonight's money shot is... Hey, phone goo. Forget about it. $15. I'm from New York over here. Why? What time on average do you wake up? 7.30. Are you allergic to dogs? No. Last place you purchased a coffee? Never. Favorite actor slash director? John Candy. Name (laughs) name a Winnipeg park? Uh, Cinnabon. How many pairs of shoes do you own? Seven. Have you ever ever, uh, been on a horse? Yes. Have you ever placed a bet on a horse? No. Name a member of the Guess Who. Uh, Burn, uh, Burton Cummings. Name a children's entertainer. Uh, Fred Penner. Name a Winnipeg bridge. Uh, fucking. <laughs> fucking on. bridge. Fucking bridge. Name a toy you owned. 
Uh, Jeb of the Hutt. Uh, who plays the character Silent Bob? Silent Bob. No, who plays him? Silent Bob does. Uh, favorite comedian? Uh, John Candy. Favorite Canadian comedian? John Candy. Jesus. Favorite uh, Canadian non-comedian? John Candy. Come on. <laughs> name, a hor- <laughs> name a horror movie sequel. Uh, Halloween 2. Name a fa- famous Gary. Gary Busey. Are you wearing a wristwatch? No. Name a brand of wristwatch. No. Favorite YouTube channel? You can't just say no. <laughs> That's a brand. You're ruining this. <laughs> Favorite YouTube channel? Uh, Bucko. Have you ever worked on a construction site? Yes. Last movie you saw in a theater? Halloween 2. First character you played in front of an audience? Uh, Jesus. Oh, what's the first rule of Fight Club? Can't say. Favorite sport to play? Uh, badminton. Favorite sport to watch? Badminton. Name a Batman villain. Badminton. <laughs> Come on. Pla- uh, planet closest to the sun. Genius. Give me uh, the name of a pet you've owned. Uh, vagina. Name, <laughs> name a character from TV's uh, the, the Michelangelo. Office. Michelangelo. The uh, who did Andy Davis play on the Brady Bunch? Michelangelo. Name a current cast member of SNL. Uh, Scott Purnell. Favorite... <laughs> Not it's not even That's happening. not a dude. Uh, Chris Parnell. Keep going. Okay. You're ruining my time. Favorite Pixar movie? Uh, Lost. What'd you have for breakfast today? Nothing. Cooking or doing the dishes? Dishes. Name a famous band? Uh, the Beelzebubs. Nate, can you juggle? No. What does What does a juggalo say? Fuck right off. Name a band that's played uh, Live Aid. Um, Freddie Mercury and the Queens. <laughs> Name a Beastie Boy. Uh... Oh, fuck. Come on. Mike. Mike. Mike who? Mike, fuck me. He's dead. <laughs> fuck him. Move He's, on. No, MCA's dead. MCA's dead. Uh, Mike D. Uh, have you uh, ever had dinner at Ray and Jerry's? Yes. Name a video VJ. Oh, uh, Suking Lee. Have you, ha, uh, you, has your bike been stolen? Yes. Have you ever stolen a bike? No. Automatic or manual drive? Automatic. Best Halloween costume you've worn? Oh, uh, John Candy. Name a flower. <laughs> You can't laugh through my questions. I win just because you fucked up so many times. Come on. Name a flower. Any uh, flower. Daisy. Uh, have you been on a, a first date? Never. <laughs> Can you start a campfire with no matches? No. Why not? Why don't you use a lighter? Uh, have you ever scuba dived? No. Do, uh, have you, do you shop at Costco? Yes. Robins or Starbucks? Fuck Robins. Oh, you lose. Uh, do you bake? No. Best restaurant in Winnipeg? Uh, John Candy. <laughs> Name a kid, kid in the hall member. Kevin McDonald, because he lives here in my fucking veins. Okay, well, ketchup or mustard? A mustard. Uh, approximate number of times you've eaten. Uh, uh, Seven corn, times. Co- corn dogs, though. Seven times. Corn dogs. Seven. Uh, soda pop you frequently drink. Seven. Oh. What, do you, <laughs> what do you hate? Oh, questions. Name an actor from The Hateful Eight. Oh, fucking Russell. Kurt Russell. Uh, name a figure skater. Um, Wendy Yacomino. Uh, is that right? That's no. True. Name a little rapper. Lil. Little Wayne. Little Wayne. Uh, name something in this room. Uh, Millennium Falcon. Uh, who is, uh, who's a modern Stone Age family? Who are a modern Stone Age family? Uh, we got a Flintstones. Okay, name an actor who's played Sergeant Bilko. I don't know. Cake or pie? Pie. Name a food you love. Pie. How many belts do you own? Pie. <laughs> Name a Madonna album. Pie. <laughs> Last video game played. Uh, uh, Rocket League. Uh, who sang the Ghostbusters theme? Uh, that Junior Ray. Ray Junior something. Ray Junior? Ray Parker Junior. Is Bigfoot real? Yeah, sure. Are UFOs real? Yep. Are ghosts real? Yep. Last book read. 30 seconds. Yep. Can you play the drums? No. Do you wear jeans? Yes. Name a brand of beer. Beer. Does a beer shit in the woods? Yes. Does a bear shit in the woods? No, beer does shit in the woods. <laughs> Have you skydived? Yes. Would you skydive? Yes. Name one of the seven deadly sins. Seven. Name a child actor. Ten uh, seconds. Devin Sawa. Back dude. Name a senior actor. Uh, Br- Wilford Brimley. Have you been to Dauphin? Yes. Uh, do you have road rage? What would you say if you had road rage? <laughs> Damn it. That's the game. Did I get it all of it? No, no. No, I don't think I did. Well, first of all, I don't think John Candy John Candy was the answer to like 20 of these questions. You don't know if I have dementia. You don't know if That's I have true. dementia. I don't, but you got to... Uh, I don't even know if you'd say you got to them. Like some of these answers were a little... Some of that I'd was have for to put comedic, it past the judges. Some of it was comedic timing, though. If it was for, yeah, it was... Some of it was like, like, like fuck yeah. it, let's have fun. I admit it. Yeah. Aaron... 
the merch shop. Yeah. What is this about? It seems like you're trying to create a community on YouTube. Uh, Not just YouTube. I'm just trying to create. So I feel the Winnipeg scene is kind of in a dismal space right now. I think there's a lot of lack of trust. I think there's a lot of... um, there's a lot of just bullshit, like a lot of politics that is getting in the way of it. So what I'm trying to do is creating a space where it's like, let's do some shit. Mm-hmm. Like, let's... Because, like, it's just been in the control of one person for too long. Yeah. Which has created the stale and, and, and holding on to that and trying to, like, like, kill it. And I think what's happened is because, <clears throat> because of what's been taught here is that people create a group... And that is it. They're the group. And if you go see that group, that's what the group does. So yeah. it's more about like seeing that one band rather than seeing a community of people working. So yeah. there's not a lot of places for people just to get up and do shit or just of evening where people get up and do stuff. Like I know they're doing like theater sports and that, that's, that is great. But there doesn't seem to be the camaraderie that there used to be. Yeah. And just trying to give it a place where it can grow rather than trying to stifle it and own it. And, well, what's and, your and vision be- then? Like, you, you're looking for uh, a venue? Uh, I'm trying to figure that out. Like, I'm literally going, what can we do as a community? I'm just trying to, to be the voice of, like, the fire. Because the reason why I'm doing it is because I'm doing what I love to do. Yeah. Like, I'm doing special effects makeup. I'm doing the comedy I want to do with my wife. Yeah. Like, and we're both successful actors, so, like... What can we do to make the environment better for the younger generation, the older generation, anyone who wants to do improv, so that we have a community that we can go to rather than a community that's scared of getting ripped off or, or someone controlling it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not a... True. Right? And, and there's one in every city. There's one person trying to control it in every city, and that's the problem. And it's in all of the other cities are getting away from that yeah. and becoming their own unit rather than being that one person. And Winnipeg, I think, is one of the last... We used to be the first... We are the first community to do long form, and it's sad now. It's it's kind of sad. So, I have time, a little bit of time to like give back because that's where I started. I yeah. started in those rooms. I started in that time, and working my ass off, learning how to do improv on these stages, and it's taken me pretty far. Right. So I just want that to happen for others. So it's others. not necessarily a venue. It's not necessarily uh, an improv uh, classes. It's, it's, a, it's community a movement. It's a movement. Right? It's a movement. And, and I don't even need to be the head of it. Like the merch shop is there because eventually I would like to teach classes on my own, but I know like in my head, I can probably just announce it here. Cause why the fuck not? Cause I want to be transparent about everything. I'm going to start teaching like long form advanced classes. It might be for audition for free and how that free is going to work is you give me $300 and if you miss a class, you'll have to pay for that missed class. Right. At the end of the class, if you come to all the classes, you get your money back. Oh, that's pretty decent. Because the problem with classes we've tried over and over again is people just fuck off. Yeah. They don't take it seriously. And so we want it to, I want it to be serious. I want people to realize you can get, the biggest complaint that casting directors hear for film and TV is that people don't have improv background. Really? Wow. None of the okay. improvisers... There's only a handful of improvisers that audition for things, and we all book for film and TV. Right. So there's no reason why people can't get up and do improv. That's the biggest complaint. They're, not, they're too rigid in what they're doing and can't change on mm-hmm. the fly. Right. Okay. And so that's why Lauren books, that's why Del Campo books, that's why Toby Hughes books, that's why I book. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the people that are improvisers book because they're good at a certain thing and playing a character and then getting off of it. Yeah. And so it's trying to create this avenue for other people to be involved and realize that they have a place where they can make money. It's just not necessarily an improv world, but you need that improv world to get access to that in yourself. I see. Okay. And even myself, like I need to get up. If I don't get up, I turn into a, a really bitchy person, <laughs> right? I do because I need to Jones. I need to get my fix. Yeah, yeah. And okay. there's not a safe place for me to do that currently because of what's happened in the last two years. Yeah. And I'm assuming I'm someone who I think is in my tenure. If I'm feeling that way, there's got to be a shit ton below me that are feeling the exact same way. Okay. I assume. Yeah. So that's all it is. It's literally just trying to give back. If people want to get a hold on hold of you, yeah. uh, in regards to your, your sure. vision here with the merch shop, what do they do? Uh, I guess find me at the merch shop at the merch shop on Instagram, 
or that's probably the fastest place mm-hmm. to do it because I'm just trying to discover where I'm going with this. I'm literally trying to do this like in, like yeah, from you, an you improv. announced this like a, a month, not even a month ago. It was during the storm, and I was like, Lauren, I got to do something. I don't know what I got to do, but I'm I was in a really bad spot, like I just negative and like angry and like so I'm like, how do I turn this around? And I'm like. In the past, I worked in social work and gave back that way, and I just need another avenue to do it. And so right. this is what I'm choosing to do. <laughs> like, my whole thing has been positive rage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's like pure happy rage. Like, yeah. happy. Like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Well, I'm glad you brought it in today. Thanks again, Aaron. Thank yeah, you, Aaron. Give it up, Aaron. Aaron Berkey. That's the show. It's enough. <laughs>